1: welcome 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 ed martin here on the pro america report great to be together we got a great show in a few minutes we'll hear from dr brett m decker and before that we will spend a few moments with the very impressive and uh, -and up-and-coming guy named uh congressman jim banks congressman banks who's been on the program a number of times in the last uh about six months or so three or four times he was just named the uh top guy of the republican study committee now the Republican study committee is the sort of conservative caucus in the U S house for the Republicans, a little different than the freedom caucus. The freedom caucus is kind of the bomb throwers, the guys that are willing to fight and pick a fight and all that kind of stuff. And I do enjoy those guys quite a bit, but the Republican study committee is the group that says, Hey, how do we stick up for conservative policies? What do they look like? What's going on? Congressman Jim Banks, we've had him on the show a number of times. He was a, a state senator in Indiana. He's a military man, served uh, his father. He loves to tell the story. His father was a longtime union worker who uh, Donald Trump kind of converted him to a really strong Republican, even though I think he was, they probably voted for his son. But Congressman Jim Banks, now the head of the Republican Study Committee. And here's what I really like about this. Jim banks congressman banks is a really good fighter against China he's been really smart about that fight and he's also willing to stand up to big tech but I particularly think the uh, China thing is a uh, uh, is a um, uh, um, is an important place for us to see the party grow in its resolve and uh, he's gonna be a good guy so we'll talk with him about that pretty exciting news uh, I, there was a lot of moving parts and I want to give a salute uh, you know what I'll do it at the end of the show I'm going to do a show at the end of show I'm going to do a salute to my friend Congressman Jason Smith uh, of Missouri because I tell the story about him he's a real he's also an up-and-comer these guys are good guys these guys are good guys that are going to be the future of the Republican Party they already are the president of the Republican Party uh, but it'll be uh, important to watch these guys succeed so we'll talk about that all right here's what we got here's what you need to know first of all go to proamericareport.com. proamericareport.com get yourself signed up for the daily wink you go there you sign up to email and you'll get uh, the daily wink every morning in your inbox 5 a.m pacific time 8 a.m east coast time in between 7 a.m central and 6 a.m mountain and the wink it's called what you need to know it'll just give you bullet points it'll pick up some stories give you the lay of the land you want to get that go sign up proamericareport.com the preview of that and i'm over on periscope twice a day and i tell you the preview of that is this let me tell you you know the preview of the wink you'll get in the morning but right now let me just tell you what you need to know there 's a lot of coverage of the legal team the lawyers on the team of the um, of the uh, of the uh, the trump campaign right there 's a lot of coverage of the legal team and you say to yourself well that can 't be good right why you want the coverage to be of the uh, of the actual fraud of the what 's happening right and generally that 's right except let me make you point to you what you need to know here. The Republicans, and especially Donald Trump, can't catch a break from the media. I mean, you can't get the media to cover. There's been wholesale fraud fraud over and over. Is it enough to overturn the election? Not clear yet, but you've got signatures missing from ballots that are supposed to be matched. You've got poll workers expelled from polling places. You've got, uh, you know, misconduct in terms of where poll watchers should be standing. You've got recounts that don't actually check the ballots. They just check the same thing that happened before. You've got all kinds of allegations, dead people voting. Uh, the mail-in ballots were mishandled in states because they were supposed to be segregated If they arrived after the the election day, all kinds of allegations. Again, whether it's enough to overturn the election, different question, but certainly enough to bring lots and lots of legal as well as political questions to bear. And the media won't cover any of it. They they're covering Joe Biden's picks. I'll talk about that in a minute for his cabinet. And they're not covering any of the details. Now, it, I, I went back to look in time. I went back to 2016. And I went back to look when the, uh, the, when the Donald Trump, well, let, let me finish. I'm sorry. Let me finish one point. Uh, let me finish one point first. The, um, the, back to what you need to know. Since the media won't cover any of what's happening, right? They refuse to cover what's happening. What develops is what happens is you have um, you have the the, um, the 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 Trump campaign continually trying to make points trying to say, "Hey, will you cover this, cover this, cover this fraud, look at all this fraud, nothing, nothing, nothing right now now they 're covering the fight between you know whatever this battle is between rudy 's the head of the the, the campaign 's legal team or the president 's legal team what 's Sidney Powell doing? None of it matters here 's what i 'll tell you what you need to know at least they 're talking about fraud talking about litigation, talking about the issues, talking about what's going on. It's not a bad thing. It's not a bad thing. It's uh, it's it's a, it's actually a good thing. It's it's just it's in the in the um in the reality of uh what is happening, it's not a bad thing to have any any press, he's any press at all to cover the fact that there's a problem. So in a funny way, the media's willingness, the fake news's willingness to want to tell a negative story about Trump is at least they're talking about fraud. Because as I've reminded people over and over again, 70% of Republicans think that there was serious election fraud that had a part in overturning the election. 70% of Republicans. And here's the kicker. 30% of Democrats think there was fraud Okay, so a lot of Americans now are saying, what was the deal? All right, now let me get to another point here real quickly, what you need to know. Did you ever see so many people telling you to stop worrying about election fraud? We got Peggy Noonan and Jonah Goldberg on the Republican side lecturing us on Friday afternoon saying, oh, you must, you know, you must stop. You must stop. You're endangering things. You've got Joe Biden. I looked back. Donald Trump did name his national security advisor, General Mike Flynn, on about November 18th last last four years ago. So around this time. But Joe Biden this week is rolling out much of his cabinet. You know why? Because they're trying to change your mind. They're trying to change the subject. I, I have never seen anybody so concerned to stop the um, to stop. The action going forward. It's they're desperate to not have it go forward. And it's again, at a certain point, you say, why? Why? What is the threat? And again, look, as I I will ask Congressman Jim Banks this question, Congressman Jim Banks from Indiana's 3rd Congressional District, he's run for state office a couple times, he's run for Congress a few times, you know elections, and you say, all across the country, we won legislative seats at the state level, won statewide races, won Senate races, no one thought we'd win, I think that they predicted that the Republicans would lose 20 seats, 10 or 20 seats in the House, they actually won 10 seats, and you win all those races, and then in five or six states just five or six states, the election results go against Trump and against the Republican just at the top of the ticket. Very strange. And so my thing is this. Maybe that's the sort of black swan, you know, that Biden was the perfect receptacle for uh, people to vote for him and people dislike Trump. Maybe. Doesn't look like it in other states. It looks like it just in a few states, five or six, where they have access to big cities that seem like they could be cheating. That's what it feels like. Now, we're going to get to the bottom of it. we got about 10 more days, and here's what I tell people. I did this on my Periscope, and I hope you'll go to ProAmericaReport.com to sign up for my email, but also go over to uh, Periscope on Twitter, at Eagle Ed Martin. I'm getting a 1,000 people watching this right away pardon me and they're checking in because we're giving them things to understand quickly and things to do and here's what i said today understand that this election the election is not over until not just it's certified but till the electors are picked and congress signs off on it there's a lot of politics to go about six more weeks and here's what you can do to make a difference tell your friends tell your neighbors tell your grandma tell yourself about all the fraud you see. You got to search for it on the internet, but you'll find lots of fraud and wait to see what you get because what you're going to get this week is two or three more lawsuits and you're going to start to see more of the questions of exactly what happened here and again if it turns out that the process can't be uncovered and i've heard now that they separated the ballots from the signatures so you can't actually tell anymore if the signature on the envelope matched the ballot signature or the ballot application so we may never be able to undo it and there may be a point where they just can't tell by the way there may also be a point where they just say we just can't trust this I mean, the Democrats got to be careful. They're saying, oh, well, maybe it's too far gone. We can't unravel this. You know, you just got to trust what happened and maybe in the future we'll do better. You also get to the point where you say, I just can't trust that the people are going to take this election from the voters. And if you're the voters in Michigan, you say, man, in Michigan, we voted all over the all over the state. We got lots of people that supported Trump. And then in Detroit, we have this chaos of all sorts of stuff that looks and feels like uh, fraud. And you say, why'd that happen? Oh, just trust us. Just trust us. Or worse, if you say anything and object, we'll call you racist because you're messing with Detroit. I think the people are sick of this. And we're going to get to the bottom of it. And we deserve to. And America deserves to. And I think we will. And I tell you what, we elected a guy to president. He never stops fighting. You can tell, say what you want. He's never, by now, Romney would have conceded four times. Four times, ten times. So that's the difference. All right, we'll take a break. When we come back, we'll talk with Congressman Jim Banks of Indiana's 3rd Congressional District, now the newly elected unanimously as the Republican Study Committee Chairman. He'll be really good. He's a real conservative. He'll be a fighter. You're going to like this guy. We'll take a break and be right back. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report back in a moment.
0: This is the Pro-America Report on The Answer San Diego.
1: Welcome back. Ed Martin here on a pro America report. Well, Hey, it, it pays to be on the pro America report because our old friend, Congressman Jim Banks, he's uh, been on the show before. He's one of the best guys in Congress talking about China. He's had a bunch of bills that he filed and he's made a lot of, I think, headway at uh, making clear the threat of China. Well, he was just chosen last week unanimously to be the next chairman of the Republican study committee. And if you're not aware of the Republican study committee, I, I say it, I think carefully, um, before the Tea Party and before the Freedom Caucus, the Republican Study Committee was the broadly kind of uh, conservative group that really sought to do policy and I think the Freedom Caucus sometimes is kind of fighting in the streets and I love what they do a lot, but uh, uh, Congressman Jim Banks was elected, of course the previous Republican Study Committee chairs included uh, Vice President Pence years ago and Jim Jordan, Steve Scalise, so that's pretty cool that he got uh, there and he's on the program right now, I think one of his first interviews after that, so first of all Congratulations, Congressman Banks. And, and practically, what does it mean to do be that thing? Do, do, as a chairman of the Republican Study Committee, do you do you pick up some staff because you have to do more dev, uh, development of legislation? Do you pick up more responsibility for I don't know what uh, getting your members' uh, legislation? What are your practical duties?
0: Yeah, and uh, first of all, great to be with you. I'm I'm so excited about taking on this role because. For the next two years it'll be it'll be my job and the job of the republican study committee to keep the republican party focused on the conservative ideals uh the conservative principles that make us the conservative party and um it, it's important more than ever that we we learn the lessons that donald trump has taught us over the last four years first and foremost how to fight back but secondly he's taught us as conservatives how to broaden um, our our platform, uh, not just stay focused on the I mean, it's important that we stay focused on fiscal responsibility, balance, budget, um, our conservative pro-life values, our, our values uh, of, uh, for a strong national defense of so, a Reagan era uh, peace through strength position. But President Trump taught us over the last four years that we should also broaden that platform. This is what I you know, you asked the question about what does this mean to be chairman of the Republican study committee? I want to spend the next couple of years uh, focused on a, a conversation we need to have in our party, of how to bring uh, new voters into the fold, how to, how to make the Republican Party the party of the working class and keep keep it that way, like Donald Trump has for the last uh, uh, for the last term. Uh, focused on on trade and immigration policies that put American workers first, uh, uh, tackling issues like like uh, big tech, uh, free speech censorship, and what we're going to do about it to reform Section 230. Those are new issues that we need to bring into the conservative platform too. And that over the next couple of years, I'm going to lead this conversation about where, where we go from here and how we, how we build a platform that can win the majority in the house in 2022 and also win the White House in 2024. And that, that's, that's the conversation and effort that I'm going to lead.
1: Well, and we're talking with Congressman Jim Banks and he's Indiana's, uh, Indiana sec, uh, third congressional district. Uh, I got it right. And, uh, Congressman Banks, let me pull back for one second, because I suspect even you, uh, who was working hard for a lot of your colleagues and yourself were surprised by the size of the red wave. You know, there were a bunch of Republicans won in, in house races. And I think again, to your point, they ran on the issues of, Hey, stand up to China, stand up for working families. You know, this idea of uh, of being for liberty and freedom, you know, but also being smart about uh, disease, the disease, and all. But across the country, it swept, right? It swept, and you were you were a state senator. We've talked about it before. In fact, uh, our friend uh, Phyllis Schlafly Eagle is one of our board members. Scott Schneider is one of your colleagues in the state senate in Indiana. But when you run an election, a lot of times you 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 see the the flow. It's a strange flow to see such massive success across the country and then in five or six states see such a strange uh, at the top of the ticket. I mean, you know, Joe Biden outperforming in five states everywhere else. I mean, that must be some. I mean, first of all, congratulations, down ballot. Right. It, it's a it's a great credit to Kevin McCarthy and others who made clear in a local race what's at stake. But it's also a funny election, isn't it?
0: Yeah, really, it is. I mean, I, I, it wasn't. Um, less than, than a week, maybe 10 days before election day, I was talking with some of our leadership who were, they, they were convinced at that point we were going to lose 10 to 15 seats in the house for Republicans. Yeah. And it was just the opposite. We, we, it looks like we're going to net somewhere around 10 to 12 seats when everything clear clears up. And there's still a few seats they haven't called yet. We're going to be about uh, the, we're going to find the Democrats in about a five vote majority. They won't be able to lose any more than five votes on any given piece of legislation without that that bill going down in flames and here and what i'm going to predict what's going to happen over the next couple of years is that the, the democrat party is going to be mired in a food fight between pelosi and the squad the squad announced last week they, they were growing you know there were like four of them in in this current uh congress and they just announced that they're going to b- about double the ranks of the so-called squad and they're just going to fight with Nancy Pelosi every day as they drag their party further and further further to the radical socialist left, um, and while Pelosi has to stand back and give them what they want to get them to vote for any given bill. I mean, really, it's a recipe for us two years from now to win win the majority because the American people are going to be. I mean, one of the reasons I think they gave us those ten to twelve seats uh, to Republicans is because of how radical the Democrat Party has become. Uh, they're defund the police uh, agenda their uh, green the green new deal agenda um, all of that and and uh, you talk about you've talked about China a couple of times i mean the, the democrats have revealed they've tipped their hand uh, they are now the party the, the party that is pro china while republicans are the party that has been that has been campaigning on being tough and and holding china accountable i mean that division is more clear than it's ever been before because of donald trump and the uh, the, uh, the the uh, focus that he's brought to our party on holding China accountable. So that's why that's why the American voters almost gave us the majority back. And in 2022, I can almost guarantee you Republicans are going to win back the majority as this division becomes even more clear.
1: We're, we're talking right now with Congressman Jim Banks. He is now the newly named chairman of the Republican Study Committee, unanimously uh, elected by his peers. He represents the third congressional district in Indiana. Um, so, uh, before I go on, I do want to ask you about uh, sort of uh, the you know n- number one or two things you want to see uh, specifically done. But pausing for a second, you've been in a bunch of elections yourself. You've helped your friends run and others. You're President Trump. You see some things that are off. You've got this window. I mean. I- I think everybody understands, you, you know, he's got his right to fight no matter how it turns out. It's the window you got to expect. How, do, how does it play in, you know, among your colleagues? Last week, you guys were up together, guys and gals up together to meet. I mean, is everybody sort of hold it because, I mean, Trump issues, at least his issues were what won the election. So nobody's nobody's really wanting to step away from him on the issues. So how's the mindset of the Congress right now? The, the Republican caucus.
0: Yeah, this is what I'm worried about a little bit. Ed, is that we learned the wrong lessons from this election? I mean, first and foremost, President Trump received more votes than any Republican candidate for president ever, and that that's significant in its own right. Right. His um up in, uh his uh his uh his poll all the way down. ballot and we talked about when the House went back a, a dozen seats, kept the Senate Senate majority. Uh, we won more state legislative seats than we've ever ever won before, giving us. Super majorities in a lot of state houses as we go into the redistricting um, session in 2021 all across the country which is something that hasn't gotten enough attention um, either and we as Republicans we know we do we did better in 2016 and 2020 than we did in 2018 when donald trump wasn't on the ballot and that that's important to remember as well and i think the lesson we learned here is it's about the agenda i mean i i've been stressing this every single day since election day it's about it's about the agenda i love president trump He's a fighter. No one should be surprised that he's still fighting uh, for for um, for for ballot integrity and for the integrity of this election. By God, Mitt Romney would have he would have given up on election night. And Donald (laughs) Trump is the kind of fighter that's been (laughs) fighting every day since. So that's what we get with Donald Trump and why 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 I love the man, why why I believe he's been an extraordinary president uh, for our country. And he's got every right to fight um, this all the way to the end to make sure that every legal vote is counted. And uh, that that election that the integrity of the election process stands so that we can trust in our elections. But we're not going to trust in this election process because of what Democrats did to exploit um, the, the, the mail in ballot and ballot harvesting efforts. And those are those are some things that we have to take a serious look at And the Congress and state legislatures need to immediately take a look at um, to preserve The integrity of elections moving forward and i'm I'm going to be focused on that too ed for the next couple of years
1: uh one more thing uh congressman jim banks i'm sorry we took so much time and thank you for taking the time recently named chairman of the republican study committee again uh his website is uh banks.house.gov and he's a third congressional district uh of indiana top line one number one thing if you come back you said that agenda for the president you know the president taught the agenda is what won what do you think this sort of number one thing that that you could do that have people go aha they understand what we what we're gone through
0: yeah i think it's i think it's putting the american worker first i mean the reason donald trump won over voters like my dad who's a lifelong union factory worker is because he understood the trade deals and immigration policies that put the american worker first is what's going to make the republican party the party of the working class so that's that's the big lesson that we need to take away ed and and focus on for these next two years whether donald trump is in the white house or not we, we have to make sure that the Republican Party remains the party of the working class.
1: All right. Perfect. Thank you, Congressman Jim Banks. Again, congratulations uh, for your win. And uh, we're looking forward to your leadership. And uh, like you said, you got to pick up five or six more seats and then we can have no more Speaker Pelosi and, and have a Republican and, uh, and see what uh, good we can do. So thanks very much. Keep in close touch.
0: Thank you. Good to be
1: with you. All right. Happy Thanksgiving, Congressman Jim Banks. I'll put it make sure guys. You too. Yeah, thank you. And we'll make sure to put this up on social media. You're going to want to follow him. He's an up-and-coming Congressman Jim Banks. All right, we'll take a quick break and be right back. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report back in a moment.
0: This is the Pro-America Report on The Answer San Diego. <laughs>
1: Welcome back. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Our next guest is our old friend, Dr. Brett Decker. And Dr. Decker is uh, on assignment in Ohio. Actually, he's not on assignment. He's a professor in Ohio. And, of course, he is a uh, former uh, journalist for the Wall Street Journal and also editor for the editorial page of the Washington Times, lived overseas in the uh, Far East, and is the New York Times bestselling author. So, Dr. Decker, though, I want to pick your brain today on the subject is the election, and specifically... How do you feel right now about the reality? Well, let's just stick with Michigan. Let's stick with Michigan. And um, and what do you think is going on with this election? Is there, you know, is there real impropriety? I mean, what's your sense?
2: Uh, I mean, I think definitely there's a lot of impropriety, but I think the campaign was behind the eight ball and being ready to handle it. So uh, the Trump campaign and that you should have had a lot more canvassers, um, Uh, at at the ready. You should have had the lawyers ready when um, when Democratic precincts wouldn't let observers in, like trying to put the toothpaste back in the tube weeks later um, is almost impossible to do, especially when bad actors have destroyed evidence. So, right. It's one thing if you catch skulldoggery in action, but later trying to prove it when when tracks have been covered very complicated and i and i think the i think the president's sort of legal team i mean it's it has been a little bit embarrassing really like who's who's working for him who's not okay you're sounding a little nutty you didn't have anything to do with us even though you've been speaking for the campaign for months i you know uh, i don't think it looks great i don't think well, I don't think our certain, teams put their best it, foot yeah,
1: forward. It's certainly not. Uh, it's certainly not uh, Florida in 2000 when the whole world uh, legal world aligned uh, to get over the ducks in line. But then again, nobody's ever aligned with Trump. I mean, I have to say, so maybe that's not the distinguishing characteristic, but, but let, let pull back for one more second on this. Um, again, we're talking with Dr. Uh, Brett M. Decker and. Uh, you know, recent poll, I don't even think it was somebody on the right. It was just a general poll. Seventy percent of Republicans think the election was uh, stolen or fraudulent. Thirty percent of Democrats believe that. I guess one way to look at it and, and forget it. Let's forget about the truth for a minute. I think there is a truth about fraud and maybe, you know, whether you can prove it in court or otherwise, I. it's kind of successful in a funny way, even though the media is in the opposite direction, the media is saying nothing to see here, you know, Joe Biden's president. The, a lot of Americans think the election was fraudulent and stolen. I mean, what's that? What happens when 60 or 70 million Americans finish up and say, man, that wasn't worth it, they stole this election?
2: I mean, I think long term, right? I mean, that has a lot of consequences for I mean, people thinking the system is not legitimate obviously damages the system uh, significantly, and I mean, I think, especially when you already have a country that's completely divided, like this idea of there being some common um, common goal for Americans or common cause or some kind of view of this being a common experiment in Republican form of government, um, that doesn't exist, right? I mean, you think of people who voted for Trump and people who voted for Biden, you're going to be hard-pressed to find one thing they agree on, right? Mm-hmm. A single thing, worldview or, you know, grand worldview or on more of a micro level. So, you know, I think when you have two parts of the country that don't agree on a single thing and people think the election is not legitimate, I mean, it just takes one further step to this idea of, is it really one nation anymore? And it, And to me, it gets... It gets harder to right. If you're going to be together, you need common goals. You need a common view of the future. You need things you can work towards. I don't know what those things are, right? So, um, you know, how, how do you restore that? I, I I I'm not exactly sure. Even if something horrible that used to pull people together, like a war or an attack, I don't even think today everyone would have the same response, right? Especially with the media and Dems being crazy and crazier all the time. So I, I, where it goes, I don't really know.
1: Well, uh, we're talking with uh, Dr. Brett M. Decker, again, professor and uh, New York Times bestselling author. Well, and, and you talk about worldview. I mean, again, you, I, to me, it's kind of talking past the sale. Um, uh, the, you know, the, they're already talking about Biden's uh, cabinet. You know, John Kerry is going to be the special ambassador for climate change? just going to Paris to re-sign us up, I mean, how quickly, if it happened that this is President Biden, how quickly are the American people going to look up and go, that's what your priorities are?
2: I mean, right? I mean, Biden in that last last debate said that he thinks we should get rid of fossil fuels. Well, 80% of our energy comes from fossil fuels. 95% of our energy for vehicles come from fossil fuels. So, I mean, (laughs) this idea of Getting rid of fossil fuels, which is part of the Paris Climate Accord uh, craziness, uh, I mean, talk about crippling our economy immediately, right? And it's also funny, John Kerry. Other than liking to go kayaking or mountain biking, what does he know about like climate, right? I mean, well, I, he yeah. likes the beach <laughs> and whatever. I mean, I, the thing I think
1: about it is, that, you know, it's uh, I guess it was destined to be back to the future, you know, anyway, with a bunch of the Obama hands. But I would have thought that Biden, I mean, John Kerry, I mean, this is not exactly uh, the sort of glorious past of success in terms of I don't know what the Iran deal, anything. I mean, I it, it to me. It's a it is a it is a but all right. But let me again, I, I, I couldn't resist that because I knew you'd have a good comment on uh, on John Kerry. But uh, back to the election fight, um, you know, it, I, I let me ask you this, Dr. Decker. You, you've watched the media as, fa- as fast as the media decided The race is over uh, Concession is necessary You know the, the speed of the media Is also um, to the advantage Of President Trump I mean if he, if he does drop a bunch of fraud This week and there's a bunch of real claims And the public is getting more and more convinced You know what's your sense Of the likelihood that there's going to be Real uh, twists and turns We can't see in the next two weeks
2: you know, my worry is this, this this advocacy that needs to happen that a lot of the people, right, think think the election was a sham. There's a lot of, you know, uh, stolen votes, manufactured votes. But when it comes down to it, it's going to be like a court, you know, a, a court decision. If you're going to have to overturn something like an election in a state that could change the out- outcome or, or multiple states change the outcome of the election. And I tell you, I... You know how many Supreme Court justices um, are going to be willing to do this now? Um, right? You have, you know, Clarence is solid, obviously. Um, Amy Coney Barrett probably solid. We don't know yet. She, her, her life has been, but you get into a weird pressure when you look at uh, tinkering with an election, and then when you get to uh, obviously Roberts and Gorsuch and Kavanaugh. They kind of take turns with bizarre opinions. I, you know, with that kind of establishment credential and sensitivity to, um, you know, sensitivity to weird trends like even Gorsuch, who's been good on many things, but then had that bizarro opinion on um, LGBT stuff. Well, right. if he, you know, if he's facing pressure on LGBT. I really don't think you can trust him to say change an election, right? Yeah,
1: no, no, that's right. All right, so um, again, we're talking with Dr. Brett Decker, a professor at Defiance College, a New York Times bestselling author and uh, close observer of politics. Um, If this is the end of the first term of President Trump, what's your assessment?
2: Well, you know, I, I think you have to look at his main claims, like build the wall you know, not really a success. Um, um, drain the swamp, huge failure on that. Right. I mean, uh, he had Johnny DeStefano, a swamp monster appointing a bunch of never Trumpers in his own administration and not app- appointing pro Trump people. So failure on drain the swamp. He was good at attacking China, but as, as Biden has, uh, has, has informed us and reminded us executive actions can undo a lot of the China stuff. Um, so, I, you know, I, I kind of look at uh, President Trump, if he doesn't get a second term, as being kind of like Pope Benedict. Okay, you did a bunch of conservative things. You gave a bunch of false hope to the right. But in the end, things took 10 steps to the left, and you end up not having any lasting influence. So I think, I think if President Trump can't make this second term happen, um, he ends up being a non-entity, just like Pope Benedict was in the Catholic Church, right? You have a far left pope now getting ready to do far-left crazy things. And I think, I think Trump ends up being the Benedict of, of the United States presidency.
1: Well, boy, I haven't heard that. Uh, I haven't heard that used. You ought to write a piece on that because I, that's a very interesting, uh, a very interesting one. I mean, I, I actually, I think there's a bunch of parallels there that, uh, that really fit. And even to the sort of inexplicable kind of, for a lot of the the people that looked up at both of them, they said, why did this happen the way it did? That's a really good one. All right. I got to run. Dr. Brett M. Decker, a New York Times bestselling author. Thank you for your time, Dr. Decker. We'll talk again next week.
2: Gobble, gobble.
1: That's right. Happy Thanksgiving. All right. We'll take a quick break and be back. Uh, We will uh, wrap things up here on the Pro-America Report. Don't forget, go to ProAmericaReport.com. Sign up for the daily email. It's called the Daily Wink. And we'll take a break. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Back in a moment.
0: This is the Pro-America Report on The Answer San Diego. This is the Phyllis Schlafly Report, the conservative pro-family broadcast of Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, a leading voice for the sanctity of life, traditional education, the Constitution, and American sovereignty. Now, here's the president of Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, Ed Martin. This Thanksgiving, don't
1: forget to be thankful for the U.S. Constitution. Our great founding document has rightly been called a miracle because of its humble origins and its enduring legacy. It emerged from a tumultuous time in a young nation as the greatest governing document in the history of mankind. It not only saved America but it became an unparalleled force for good throughout the world. We should be especially thankful that our Constitution is not a living, breathing document, as some liberals claim. Our founding fathers intentionally made the Constitution incredibly difficult to amend because they knew it could only stand the test of time if it could ride out the whims of popular opinion. Our society needed a bedrock to build everything else upon. To make a single amendment to the U.S. Constitution, a proposed change must have a solid two-thirds vote in both the U.S. House and the U.S. Senate, as well as ratification of three-fourths of the states. This incredibly high barrier prevents partisan politics from inserting bad amendments into the Constitution. Only an overwhelming majority at both the federal and state level can get an amendment through. That's why our U.S. Constitution has only been successfully amended 27 times in our whole history keeping the total length of the Constitution under 5,000 words. Compare this to the state Constitution of Alabama, which has been amended around 950 times and contains more than 300,000 words. The critical difference is the amendment process. It's exceedingly easy to amend Alabama's Constitution. That's why their Constitution has an amendment about mosquito control, bingo, prostitution, and two amendments on soybeans. Can you imagine what a laughing stock our national constitution would be if it were filled with such things? When someone tries to tell you that our U.S. Constitution is a living, breathing document, you can proudly let them know that America's constitution is made of stronger stuff than that. Our nation may not be perfect, but we can be thankful that we have a solid foundation with the fortitude to withstand even the most tumultuous political climates. Remember this on Thanksgiving Day.
0: This has been the Phyllis Schlafly Report. Happy Thanksgiving from the entire staff at Phyllis Schlafly Eagles. As we continue the legacy of Phyllis Schlafly, we invite you to join us in building a better educated, safer, and stronger America. And parents, you can get a copy of George Washington's Thanksgiving proclamation to share with your children at phyllisschlafly.com. Thanks for listening, and join us again next time for the Phyllis Schlafly Report.
1: Welcome, 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 welcome back. It's Ed Martin here on a Pro America Report. And let me uh, finish up. I want to do a little uh, discussion for you. You know, I, and, and I, I, I encourage you, everybody should be fighting, fighting, fighting to stop the steal. This is serious. StopThesteal.us. It's a big deal. We got to fight, fight, fight. Don't worry about people that are telling you to stop. Keep fighting. It's a key moment. Don't give up. Michigan, Wisconsin, StopThesteal.us. There's lots of places to go. I do want to acknowledge um, last week, You'll know. You might have noticed that, um, that if you notice these things. There's some guys I watch. Uh, Congressman Jason Smith of Missouri. He's a really good guy. He was nominated in Missouri when there was a, spec- a vacancy created when Joanne Emerson retired, and there was a vacancy created, and he stepped in there. And I was actually chairman of the party at the time, and we made sure we got a good guy in there, and that was him. And he's been in, the, in office for five or six years. He's done a great job. He's kind of worked his way up. He's trusted by people. He gets along. He comes from. Uh, he comes from. Missouri. Missouri, down uh, sort of south-central Missouri, and he is... um his district is a good conservative district, so he doesn't have to mess around and be, you know, too uh, he, doesn't, he doesn't have to try to please everybody he's just a really good uh, kind of, I think he, his, his family it's the 8th Congressional District, sorry if I didn't say that and he um, he came off as he got a family farm started by his great grandfather, I think, and he was in this Missouri house and very successful guy, anyway, really good guy, he was elected by his colleagues very quickly in the U.S. House to serve as uh, on the on the um, on the in the ca- caucus as what they call the conference secretary, which is one of the four or five people that basically runs the Republican conference and the, the caucus. And people like him. He's conservative. He gets along with everybody. President Trump loves the guy. And he's been very, very good. And he didn't run for re-election to the conference secretary. And at the time, I thought, well, what's the deal with that? And then the guy that moved up to the conference secretary is the guy who was, uh, was going to run against Congressman Jim Banks for chairman of the Republican Study Committee. In other words, Jay Jason Smith was moving out to make room. But here's the interesting thing. He's running for the senior position on the budget committee in the House, which, of course, as you know, from our Constitution, and we've talked about this a bunch, that the the House is the budget originating budget originating uh, body under the Constitution, by the way, little known detail, uh, a, the uh, the great Constitutional Convention overlooked member uh, David Brearley from New Jersey. He was the chairman of the Committee on Unfinished Parts. The Unfinished Parts Committee at the Constitutional Convention, with about three weeks left in the convention, had to take up how do you elect a president? They got electoral college. How do you declare war? They put in the War Powers Act. How do you uh, uh, originate uh, budget bills? They put it in the House. Uh, how, where do you do for patents? They did a Patent Bill, this guy, uh, Chairman Breerly of New Jersey. Nobody knows his name. There's only been one book written about him. Anyway, he's the one that came up with how the House originates budget bills, which means Jason Smith of Missouri, who I consider a friend, good guy, is going to likely be one of the key people on the budget, which is very cool because he's a good guy. But you know, sometimes you miss the moving parts. Because you don't know the players. And when we talked a few moments ago with Congressman Jim Banks and connected those dots, connected those players, he was quick to acknowledge that. And look, the Republicans are not always conservative enough, but they have been very good for a number of years now, and a lot of them are really good like Jason Smith. So keep an eye on that guy. Keep an eye on Jason Smith and his name. You will know um, that... um, that he is a guy that is very, very important he's important in the caucus, but he's important for how long, much he gets along and he gets along with everybody. everybody likes him I mean even Democrats don't they don't hate him because he 's just one of those good guys, so keep an eye on him and, uh, and that's I just want to alert you to that and give a salute to him for uh, playing the uh, the field, playing the the uh, political field well and smartly to the advantage of I think his Missouri constituents, but also I think to the uh, future uh, of the country so uh, as we were praising our Friend, Congressman Jim Banks of the 3rd Congressional District in Indiana. I want to make sure to praise Jason Smith of Missouri's 8th Congressional District for his good work, too. So there you have it. All right, everybody, don't forget, don't forget, there is no place like ProAmericaReport.com for you to go. You'll get all these interviews that we've been doing. You can get all the links to all the stuff that's been going on in the radio show. You can also sign up for the Daily Wink. You want to get that Daily Wink and be ahead of of all of what's going on because I will tell you what you need to know at 5 a.m. Pacific Time, 8 a.m. East Coast Time every morning. Get that thing and get clued in. So go over there and sign up now. And uh, one more thing, don't forget, we will be on Periscope every morning... I'm on Periscope every morning, 9:45 a.m. seems to be the sweet spot. We do about 10 minutes together, 9:45 a.m. East Coast time, and then again at 2 p.m. East Coast time. Catch in there. It's getting very popular. I give you what you need to know and some action steps so you can stay on top of things. So, all right, everybody, thank you as always to Noah, our great technical director. Thank you to Joanna for booking our guests, and we will be back tomorrow. It's Ed Martin right here on the Pro America Report. Thank you for listening, and we'll talk to you tomorrow.